Uh, if, if the presentation's ready, if you could go back to the first slide, please, uh, maybe 10 slides uh, back. Uh, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to give a presentation, an update, a report of the work in Papua New Guinea where we minister, where the Lord has sent us, and specifically the last three years. And I'm going to also discuss and inform you of the type of ministry that we have. What exactly do we do? What are the specifics of our ministry? So the introduction is pioneer gospel missions. That's what we're all about. We're doing pioneer gospel missions work in Papua New Guinea. In other words, pioneer in the sense that we've brought the gospel to an area in the world where the gospel hasn't gone. Another term we could use is frontier missions, going to areas in this world, places in this world where the gospel has not yet gone, where there are no Christians, where there are no evangelical churches. You know, we take for granted a lot of times here in America that we can go to many good churches here in America. We've traveled down south. We've been up in New England, out west as well. There are good biblical, solid churches all around America. And a lot of times we take that for granted. And I hope I can challenge you this morning. I hope the Holy Spirit can challenge you from God's word that there are still many places in this world where the gospel hasn't gone, where there are no Christians. And it's our responsibility as Christians to get the gospel to uh, places in the world like this. So I'd like to begin the presentation with the question you see. What is a missionary? Okay, you can hop to the next slide. And I want to share two verses from uh, Romans. Uh, first, one from Romans, and then the other from 2 Corinthians. And as you can see up there on the screen, okay, Romans chapter 15, this is one of the things that Paul said. Okay, so if I were to ask you, who is the missionary that we know most in the Bible? We would probably all agree, Paul. And not just Paul, but we could say the missionary teams of the New Testament, other guys who traveled with him, guys like Paul, uh, Silas and Timothy and Barnabas and many others, right? The missionary teams of the New Testament. But Paul, as the, the head, the leader, notice what he says here in Romans 15, his goal, his purpose, his aim and missions. Okay, so if Paul was standing up here this morning and we asked him, Paul, you know, what are you all about as a missionary? What's your goal? Well, he would say here in Romans chapter 15, to bring the gospel to areas where the gospel hasn't gone. To preach Christ where Christ, Christ has not yet been preached in this world. That was his goal. That was his purpose in doing missions work. And the same should be true for us today as Christians, as local churches. To get the gospel to areas where the gospel hasn't gone. Many times throughout the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, in Jesus' own ministry, he emphasized this need to evangelize the world and to bring the gospel to areas where the gospel has, hadn't gone. And he went even so far to say as to preach the gospel to every creature. That's the work of missions. That's the work of local churches like yours and individual uh, missionaries like, our, like ourselves. But also another uh, passage that I uh, have up there uh, from 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Paul says something similar in the same vein here as a pioneer missionary bringing the gospel to the frontiers, he was the first to bring the gospel to these Christians in Corinth. Okay, before Paul went, before the missionary teams, uh, team went to Corinth, there were no Christians there. There was no evangelical church. There was no one preaching the gospel. So Paul rightly said to them, I was the first to bring the gospel to you. And that's what we're all about in Papua New Guinea as well. Some of you probably know about our ministry for the past number of years. We've been there for about 10 years now. We were here three and a half years ago, as I mentioned, and this is the type of work that we're seeking to do in Papua New Guinea, specifically in one part of New Guinea. 
Okay, so just to give you a quick idea of New Guinea, it's broken up into about a thousand different language groups. Okay, and the Lord has settled us in one specific language group uh, where we minister. You can hop to the next slide. Okay, here's a map of uh, Papua New Guinea, and I highlighted two areas. One there is Mocha towards the bottom. That's the village where we live. Okay, so Mocha is the village within what we call a larger language group. Okay, so I just mentioned there's about a thousand different languages within the country of Papua New Guinea. There's only one other country that has more language groups, and that's India. Okay, New Guinea is the, is the country with the second most language groups, almost a thousand, which is pretty astonishing. Okay, India has over a billion people. New Guinea has about eight or nine million only, okay, with all these language groups. So my parents are missionaries in Papua New Guinea as well. Some of you may remember that from a few years ago. My mom grew up on a mission field as well because her parents were missionaries there. So by God's grace, by his providence, by his calling, we're the third missionaries there in our, um, in our family. We settled in one specific area. My parents were in another. My grandparents were in another. So as I, as I talk about our, our work this morning and give a report, keep in mind the only people who speak the language where we are are these people within Mocha and then the surrounding villages. Once you leave this region of Papua New Guinea, where we are, into other parts of New Guinea, they speak different languages. Okay, so let me, let me give you an, an illustration or an example to maybe help you understand this a little bit better. Uh, think of your state here in New York and all the different counties, or you could even say boroughs of this area or of the entire state. Think of every county or every borough as a different language. Okay, and there are no roads to these different boroughs or different counties. That's sort of how New Guinea is. Okay, so every area, you could say every county, every borough, is its own distinct language made up of a bunch of towns, okay? A bunch of what we call villages in Papua New Guinea. So we are in one of those areas. My parents are in another, and as I mentioned, my grandparents in another. And missionaries who come into New Guinea, they usually settle within one of these language groups. So our goal, as I just read from Romans chapter 15, our goal in going to New Guinea almost 10 years ago now was to settle in an area where there weren't Christians. That was our purpose. So a lot of people ask us, well, you know, isn't it difficult to be there with no other Christians? Yes, it's extremely difficult. That's one of the main costs of doing what we call pioneer gospel missions, frontier missions. A cost is going to an area where there are no Christians. We can't gather together on Sundays like this and have, have a worship service. There are no Christians. But that was our goal. That was our purpose in going to this specific area to bring the gospel to these people. We believe, based on what Scripture teaches us, back in the Old Testament all the way into the New Testament, that Christ has purchased his people not from just the Jews, not just from Americans, not just from certain continents, but from every people group in this world, every language group. It even uses the word kin in the, in the book of Revelation and throughout the New Testament, which is even a family group. Christ has purchased his people with his own blood, as we read in the book of Acts. So our goal as a family, our goal collectively as the people of God should be and should remain to get the gospel out into the world to all of these people groups. And then, as Jesus says in Matthew chapter 24, and then the end will come. Jesus clearly has commissioned and commanded his people, and that includes us, to bring the gospel to the world. And that's what missions is all about. And we're doing it in one place. There are still thousands of language groups, people groups, whatever term you'd like to use, all around the world that remain unevangelized. 
where the gospel still hasn't gone. And it's our duty, it's our mandate to bring the gospel to these people. So you're partnering with us to bring the gospel to one of these places. I want to challenge you. Maybe the Lord would raise up even a couple from this, uh, from this church to go and do this type of ministry as well, to bring the gospel to a new area in the world. All right, can I hop to the next slide, please? So here's a zoomed-in picture of the village of Mocha. Okay, so we live in this. Think of it as a little town. And then around Mocha, there are other villages. Think of those as little towns as well. And those 10 or so villages, Mocha being one of them, comprise what I just mentioned as a language group. And these 10 or so villages speak that language. Once you leave these 10 villages, they speak a different language. So we minister among these 10 or so villages, living in the specific village of Mocha. Okay, so this is a zoomed-in satellite picture of Mocha. You can see the coordinates there. Go to it on Google Earth if you'd like. You can see all the houses along the river. So we live on this large river. It's called the Turama River. Uh, you, you probably can't see it too well there, get an idea, but it's fairly wide. The closer you get to the coast, it gets wider and wider. Down towards the coast, it's about half a mile wide. So it's a very large river, flows south into the Gulf of Papua. You just saw a map of Papua New Guinea. And this is the village where we live. You can see where our house is located. I was here three and a half years ago. Okay, and one of you just mentioned um, earlier our goal in going back, one of the main projects we had was to get a house built. And so the, the arrow you see there in the picture is our old bush house, uh, for lack of a better term, and we built a more permanent house. Uh, you'll see some pictures of that. You can hop to the next slide. All right, so specifically, what do we do in our village? I told you our main goal, to bring the gospel to a new area, and that's where the Lord has brought us. And it's, it's wonderful to see how the Lord's answered prayer allowed us to settle there, get a house built there, get land that we can live on and be able to now live among these people for the purpose of bringing the gospel to them, declaring to them, as we just read earlier while we were singing from Romans chapter 10, bringing them the gospel. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news, who preach the gospel. That's the purpose we've got. But there are some specifics that we do as well. And one of them here, as you can see on the screen, is home evangelism. Okay, Home evangelism about once a week, usually on Wednesdays, which would be your Thursday morning, uh, sorry, which would be your uh, Tuesday night or w Wednesday morning, we're um, about 14 hours ahead of you. We go to someone's house in the village, there's about 50 houses, you just saw the picture of all the houses scattered along the village. We'll go to someone's house and we'll sit down with them, we'll share a meal with them, similar to what we're going to do in the second hour. And it's a time of sharing stories. It's a time for language learning. But specifically, the main reason we go is to bring God's word to these people into their very homes. You know, where do we get this idea from? Well, we get it from the New Testament, right? Jesus did this type of ministry. In the book of Acts, the apostles did this type of ministry as well. This is one of the main types of ministry we see among believers in the New Testament. And so I tell people a lot of times, the methods of our missionary work, in other words, how we actually carry out our missions work. We seek to follow the methods of the New Testament. You know, there's a lot done in our day and age when it comes to evangelism, when it comes to missions, when it comes to all these different ministries and programs. Our desire, our goal is to implement what we see in the New Testament. Not to reinvent the wheel, not to do it our way. No, there's a lot in the world that goes on not a biblical way. And our goal is to see what we read of in the scriptures and the New Testament specifically and to do that. And so this is one of the ways uh, that we evangelize. Going to people's homes, you could see this family here, David and Dorica. 
You could see their home. That's a typical home. Uh, you could hop to the next slide. Uh, here's another picture of someone else's um, home that we travel to. And again, the scripture reference I have there. All the things that we're seeking to do, we're seeking to implement the methods that we see in the New Testament. You know, people might say, well, you know, Jesus did it that way 2,000 years ago, but we have better ideas. No, we don't. Or, you know, that's the way the disciples did it, you know, but things have changed, so we need to improve on what we read in the Bible. No, we don't. Okay, what we see in Scripture is the very methods that we see are the methods that have been ordained and are inspired in Scripture, and that's the way God intends for us to evangelize this world. And one of the ways is to get into people's homes. And I want to challenge you as a church to do the same thing. Invite people in your homes, get into your neighbor's homes, and do this exact same thing. Sit down, have a cup of coffee, or have a meal together. Share, share food together with the purpose of bringing God's word into their home or bringing God's word to bear upon them. And so this is one of the main things I would do. You can hop to the next slide. Uh, here's two other pictures of families we've gone to. I think I mentioned there's about 50 homes. We've been to almost all the homes. Some of them we've been to twice now. So this is one of the things you can pray for. As we go to their homes, as I'm opening up God's word to these people in their homes, pray that the Holy Spirit would own the scriptures that are taught, that are preached in their homes, and bring life to these people and save them. And again, this is what we see in the New Testament as well. Okay, you can hop to the next slide, please. And then itinerant gospel preaching. This is another part of our ministry, not just home evangelism, but traveling from village to village within our language group. Okay, so I, I, met, I mentioned about 10 or so villages within our language group. We have a ministry among them to preach the gospel to these villages. So uh, specifically, you can hop to the next slide as well. Uh, specifically on a Monday each month, we'll head down to these three villages. You can see them on the picture behind me. These cluster of three villages, Saragi, Sorabone, Camayo. And on a Monday, we'll go down to these three villages. So this is an example of what itinerant gospel preaching is all about. We'll go down to them. In the morning, we'll start at Saragi. About lunchtime, we'll go over to Sorabo. You can see that on a map. And then in the afternoon, we'll go to Camayo. We'll have meetings in these villages. So it's a public meeting. It's an open-air meeting. We'll go. We'll invite people to come. Now it's become custom and tradition uh, because we're doing it every single month. So the people expect us to come. They know that we're coming. And so who, whoever is there who wants to hear God's word, who wants to participate in the meeting, they'll come. And, you know, think if you did that here as a church and you said, you know, every Monday we're going to have a meeting over, you know, the local park. And you're going to preach and you're going to sing some songs and things like that. That's what we're doing. And this is what we see primarily in the book of Acts. If we were to ask, what's the main activity the missionaries did in the book of Acts? This is what they would be doing. Itinerant gospel preaching. Evangelism. Okay, whatever term you'd like to use. We don't see those terms in the Bible. But that's what they're doing, right? They're traveling from village to village, place to place, town to town, preaching the gospel, evangelizing, sharing the good news. Jesus did it, and he trained his disciples to do it. And that's what the book of Acts is all about. Okay, most of our Bibles in the back, we have the missionary journeys of Paul, right? And we see in those maps all the places he went to. What's he doing? Itinerant gospel preaching. So what should we do as missionaries? Not just us as a family, but when we think of missions as Christians in 2022, in our generation, what should we do? We should be doing itinerant gospel preaching. The only way sinners can be saved is by hearing the gospel. 
You know, I know there's different ideas in our day and age of how God saves people, but clearly in Scripture, God saves sinners through the preaching of his gospel. And they hear it, faith comes by hearing, and they're saved. There's no other means. God saves people through the preaching of the gospel. So how are these people going to be saved in these three villages and the other villages that we go to? The only way, based on what Scripture teaches, is by a human being going to them and preaching the gospel to them. They don't have internet. They don't have radio. How are they going to hear? Romans chapter 10. We read it earlier. The only way is if someone is sent to actually go and preach the gospel to them. And your church is being part of that by helping us and supporting us and sending us to be part of this work. So I'm challenging you this morning. I'm giving a report, but I also hope you're encouraged by what the Lord has been doing these past uh, three years and also the years preceding that. Okay, you can hop to the next slide. Okay, click one more and you'll see a video here. I have some videos throughout the, the presentation so you can get a, a better idea. Of what Saragi, we just finished the meeting here. This is Max's house. He's waving right there. We're going to push the dinghy out. And then we're going to head across the water to Sorbo. Every month we come down, we go to the three villages, and then up that way is Kamaya. And we have meetings. We preach. Today I preach from Luke 18. So here they are going to push us out. So the preceding slide, you just saw the satellite picture of those three villages. And the video you just saw is us at the first village, Saragi, and I pointed out the other two villages where we'll go to at lunch and then in the afternoon. And we try to do this about once a month or so. I've traveled upriver to go to another village. We've traveled to another village where an airstrip is at. I'll talk about that. And then there's one or two others within our area. And again, keep in mind, these villages, 10 or so, speak speak their language, and no other villages throughout New Guinea do. It's just this one specific language group, okay? All right, next slide. All right, uh, there's two main ministries that my wife Melissa has, and one of them is called Operation Newborn. Some of you may know about this if you followed us on our website and her blog. If you remember from three and a half years ago when we were here. So Melissa helps. Uh, first, I'll talk about Operation Newborn, helping the mothers and the newborn babies. And in New Guinea, especially in remote places like we are, and you can see from some of the satellite pictures, we're not by a town. There's no stores. There's no electricity. There's no nothing. If you, if you zoom out, all you see is jungle. Okay? And then there's towns, obviously, scattered around the country, but we're very remote and isolated. So there's no hospital there. There's no clinic. There's no medical attention these people can receive, except for what Melissa gives them. And so one of the ways she helps is with the, with the newborn babies. Almost half of the babies die in Papua New Guinea before they're a year old because of the difficult conditions, lack of medicine, lack of clothes, lack of everything. And so Melissa is able to help. You can hop to the next slide. You'll see another picture here. Uh, some other babies um, and clothes that she gives them. You can see the middle picture there, hats, blankets. Um, Christians here in the States have donated and helped with supplies. So if you're interested now, you could contact Melissa. And then go to the next slide, please. And then also the medical clinic, okay? Not just helping the baby specifically and in the, in the mothers, but the medical clinic. People come for all kinds of problems, cuts and sores, infections, uh, TB, snake bites. Uh, the picture here to the, uh, on this side, a woman got bit by a snake. That's very common. It's probably the main cause of death in our area. There's poison snakes all around, all around the jungle. So once you leave the village where the houses are, where we live, and you get out into the jungle... 
there is poison snakes all over the place. The main killer probably of, of people where we are. So Melissa is able to help the, uh, the people there with uh, snake bites. She's had people die in her arms from snakes biting them as well. Uh, there's crocodiles in the river. There's malaria. So all these different medical problems and hardships physically that the people have, Melissa can help them with. And again, people have sent medical supplies. The main one is Band-Aids, plasters, um, not plasters. That's, that's the New Guinea term. Uh, bandages. Uh, that's the main thing we use all the time over there. Hundreds and hundreds uh, and many other things as well. So if you're interested in these things, you could talk to Melissa as well um, at lunchtime. All right, next please. Uh, there are some other uh, pictures as well of her doing medical work. So when we travel to those other villages, we'll have meetings. I'll preach. And then at times, not every time, but sometimes afterwards, she'll help the people medically. Uh, even giving Tylenol and pain medicine. You know, they don't have anything like that. So if they have a bad back, if they're sore from working, whatever it is, Melissa is able to help them. It has been a real blessing to the people. And it's also been an opportunity to get to know them better, for them to trust us more with the purpose of bringing God's word to them. So these are the two areas of Melissa's main work in the village. We homeschool our kids. That's her main work with the children. And so these are some of the main things that Melissa does uh, there in the village. Next, please. And then how do we travel around the country? Okay, people always ask us, you know, how do we travel? Okay, I just mentioned earlier about the language groups, and there's no roads connecting them. Okay, there's not a lot of roads in New Guinea. Uh, Once you're in the towns, there's some roads within the town. But once you leave the towns, there's very, very few roads. Into our part of New Guinea where we are, Mocha, and then the surrounding villages, there are no roads into this area from any part of the country. So the only way is flying in. You can hop to the next slide. Okay, so this is the airstrip that we land at. It's not in Mocha. It's at the village Faya, which is one of the villages within our area, speaks the same language. We'll land here. We'll fly from the mission compound. I think the, one of the first slides you saw was the satellite picture of the entire country of New Guinea. And I highlighted Mocha, and then the other arrow is pointing to the place started with a U. It's called Ukarumpa. That's the mission compound. So we'll fly from there to this airstrip. That's about an hour flight, about 150 miles and from here, okay, you can hop to the next slide. We'll take a boat down. From here, you can see the river off to the left. And then from that village, we'll head about two hours down the river to our village of Mocha. That's the only way we can get into our, into our village. So every few months or so, we'll make that trip. We'll go out to the mission compound. At times, we'll rent a vehicle and drive to town to get medical supplies, to get food, to get maybe school books, whatever we need to live and to survive and to do our ministry in Mocha. And then we'll fly back into that airstrip. We'll head down the river like this with all of our supplies. You can see our supplies in the boat. And then we'll get to our village of Mocha. So that's how we get in and out. You can hop to the next slide. So I'm talking about travel. How do we get around the the country? How do we get around where we live within our villages? Uh, You could click this next one. It's a video for you. And this is how we travel from village to village where we are in Mocha. So this is the only way to get from village to village where we live. So this is one of the trips from Mocha to that airstrip that I just mentioned. We got to take a boat. Problem now. Problem. Problem. There's a, a net in the water. That's why they're saying problems. 
So this gives you an idea how we travel from village to village. There's no roads for the vehicles. There are no walking paths from village to village. So how do we evangelize? How do we get from Mocha, where we live, to the airstrip? How do we get to the other villages to preach and have meetings? We've got to take a boat like this. So that was one of our projects. I'll talk about that in a few minutes as well. You can go to the next slide, please. All right, language learning, translation. There's no English spoken in uh, the area where we are. There's a national language. Okay, so I mentioned earlier, there's about 1,000 language groups within the country. We're in one of them. But there's a national language spoken throughout the country as well. So all four of us are fluent in that. When we initially went into Papua New Guinea and to Mocha, that's the language that we were speaking in. That's the language we continue to use and to communicate with. And then I'm also learning their local language, one of those languages out of the thousand that I mentioned. So those villages where we are, that's their specific language that I'm also learning to preach and also to do translation work in. You can go to the next one. This is a video for you of something I translated. Yesu aya ein womde binidau. Emama arian wom aya faimidau. Emama bom mana aya furane, arana einenenas kar evuru. Aya dirava ein bombis irau. Amena kaina sunemau, wom dina na sunemau, wom ovisona sunemau. Imamo dirava ariana amena bom atama sunara. Then book John 1, line 11, you go to line 13, lo toklis. So that means in time, lo toklis. All right, so you might have caught there right at the end. I mentioned John 1, 11 to 13. I was speaking that in the national language, but all that I read, I had translated into their local language. Okay, so there's these two languages. Keep that in mind. I'm learning their local language to preach the gospel and, and to do translation work in. It's not a written language. It's never been written. So this is the first time it's being written. The first time their language has scripture in it, and I'm preaching it, and I'm reading it to them, and I'm telling them in their own language what God's word says. So I hope that encourages you. It, it's encouraged us. This is one of the main parts of missions work. Okay, Jesus didn't say go around the world and translate the Bible. Okay, he said preach the gospel, make disciples, start churches. But part of that, which aids that, which supports that, is obviously learning a language and uh, to preach in and to do translation work in. Okay, so the passage I read, for those of you who may not know from John 1, 11 to 13, I want to read it for you. He came to his own, okay, referring to Christ. He came to his own people, but his own people did not receive him. But to everyone who did receive him, to everyone who believed in his name, he gave them the right and the privilege to become the very children of God. You know, one of the greatest doctrines in the Bible is adoption, right? That we as sinners, creatures who have been created, humanity, get to be brought into God's very family. And all of us can be brothers and sisters in Christ, under Christ, who is our big brother. And that's what's, that's what's being taught here. We can be brought into the family of God. You know, there's so much division in our day and age, right? About people and language groups and countries and, and all these things. There's division everywhere. But the gospel unites and brings all of us together as one new man. That's what it speaks about in Ephesians. That's what we look forward to, right? That those of us who believe in Christ, those of us who believe the gospel, we can be part of this family of God. Even people out in the middle of the jungle can be brought into this family. And so one day we're going to see our brothers and sisters from Papua New Guinea and from India 
and from China and from Africa and from South America and from North America. We're going to see them from everywhere, even Europe. And we would be brought together as one family. And that's what, it's, that's what it's referring to here. Those who believe in Christ, those who receive him. And if there's any unbelievers here this morning, this is what you need to do today. Christ said the work of God is to believe on him who we send. Okay, and so this is one of the things I preach. And then verse 13 says, uh, right after I mentioned we can become children of God, verse 13, who were born not of blood, not of the will of flesh, not of the will of man, but born of God. And it's, it's very important, it's crucial that we understand the necessity to be born again. All of us in this room, everyone on planet Earth, we've been born physically onto planet Earth. Every one of us humans, born under our family, under our father and mother. That's how we've entered this world, physically. How do we get into a spiritual kingdom? How do we get into heaven? How are we going to get into the new Earth? There must be a spiritual birth. We must be born again. That's, what I, that's one of the things I preach about. So that's one example. There's many others as well. So again, I hope this encourages you to hear God's word in their language. Obviously, you, are not, you don't understand it, but they're hearing it now for the first time. I'll preach it to them. I'll ask questions. And so pray that the Spirit of God would work, that he would make them born again, that he would give them life, that he would open their eyes, that he would grant them faith and repentance, and that they would become part of the family of God. All right, can I hop to the next slide? Yesu Aya Ein Womdi Binidau. Imamo. You can skip this. We just watch it. All right, here's a, a screenshot of the dictionary and uh, some stories I get in the language. This is part of language work, obviously. I'll sit down with language helpers. They'll tell me short stories. It helps me understand their language. It helps me get uh, new vocabulary that I can use for preaching and talking and translating. And then the passage I have here from Acts chapter 2, you know, reminded me of the day of Pentecost, right? Jesus says to his disciples, wait in Jerusalem until the promise comes. So they're waiting in Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit comes. And what's one of the first things that happens? Peter's preaching to all these people in Jerusalem. He's declaring the gospel to them. And all these foreigners are there. Everyone's speaking different languages, but they hear the, they hear the word of God in their own language. And again, that's key to what missions is all about. We're not going over there speaking English. They have to hear the word of God in their, own, in their own language. So this is one of the things to pray for as well. Pray that the Lord would help me to learn it, to speak it, to communicate it well, for them to hear it well, for them to understand it well, as I'm telling the gospel to them in their own language. Next, please. Uh, this is another video. You can uh, click this, uh, one of what we call our workers' meetings. And this is my dad preaching. They came to visit us. So he's preaching in the national language. So another part of our ministry is, you can see there are workers' evangelism meetings. Throughout the week, I'll have language helpers. Melissa will have some women help her with certain things. But before we start work for the day, whatever the work may be, we have a meeting. And some of you might even have that opportunity in your workplaces or in your family, wherever it could be, when you're gathering together with people. Maybe you're sitting at the bus stop, whatever it is, and speak God's word. Okay, so this is one of the things we're doing as well. Before we start the work, we'll all gather together and I'll read God's word, I'll preach God's word to them. So it's another opportunity to get God's word into the village. 
So we're seeking all these opportunities, as I mentioned earlier, the biblical methods that we see of getting God's word into the village. So pray for each one, please, that God would work. Uh, next, please. Uh, and then Lord's Day preaching as well. Okay, we have meetings, obviously, on the Lord's Day. There's one man we believe may be saved, and that's been encouraging to us as I've been preaching, as we've been evangelizing. Okay, but keep in mind, there's not a church because there are no Christians, right? So this is evangelistic preaching, what we see in the book of Acts, with the goal to see, Lord willing, churches started in each of these villages. So pray to that end as well. You know, it begins with plowing and planting and sowing and preaching, and then the Lord will begin to work and to save. We don't know when that will be, but we know it will happen because Christ will save his people. He will build his church as he promised. So pray that this will happen. Whether it happens soon, whether it happens later, pray that this would happen. So in all these villages, we'd be able to see local churches started. And so that's the, that's the long goal. I uh, could click here. I think there's a short video as well. This is one of the, the meetings that I was preaching at. Line belong him. Or same Jesus talk. Line 27. Ina amena kaniyama. Line belong me. Me sabeol. Okay. All right. Now, line 27. Or same Pinnison display. Ayune amena ma ina darubintama. Right. Line 27. Full talk. I'm talking same. Namin mamoy amena namin min kweitama. But I'm first talk. Second. Ina amena kaniyama. Now, third talk, line 27. Yes, you are in Woma, Komba, Etamai. All right, so here's an example of me preaching in one of those meetings on a Sunday at one of those villages. The passage I was preaching was from John 10. And Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Isn't that true? If you're a Christian, that's exactly what the reality is in your life. You've heard the voice of Christ. We hear so many voices in our day and age, right? On the media, on the internet, books, workplace. All we hear is voices. But what does Jesus say here? My sheep hear my voice. A Christian is someone who has heard in a very real way the voice of Christ. And what do they do? They follow. They don't follow the world. They don't follow everything else in this world. They follow Christ. That's how you know who belongs to Christ. Okay, so this is another example of what I've preached. Uh, then it also says in the next verse, I give them eternal life. Isn't that the one thing we need? You know, it amazes me every book you read, every movie you watch, people are always looking for life, looking for a way not to die. That's the way God made us. Everyone wants eternal life, right? That's the desire of all of us in this room, of everyone in the world. We don't want to die. The curse of sin brings death. But Christ has come to give eternal life. This is what you need to hear. This is what they need to hear. Everyone in the world needs to hear this message. But it's only through Christ. Jesus says, I give them eternal life. And they will never perish. And no one will take them out of my hand. Isn't that a wonderful verse? So that's one example, another example of what I've preached there. These people need to hear it. They need to believe it and respond to it. So pray to this end. I can go to the next slide, please. Uh, Let me speed up here a little bit. Uh, The guy there to the right is the man we believe the Lord has saved. Um, he's, he's come to the meetings. He's paid attention to the word as I've preached it. He's had the most questions. He's been the most interested. And beyond all that, he says that he believes. Okay, he doesn't want to get baptized, so there's you know, some, some concern there. 
Uh, so pray for this man. His name is Kolbe, that he would be genuinely saved and converted. And the first one who's going to be baptized in our village or these, these villages will be a wonderful answer to, to prayer and a great blessing. So this is something you could pray for as well. Next, please. Uh, if you could skip this video. It's another video. Uh, for sake of time, just skip it. Hop to the next slide. All right, you could skip this as well. This is one of the things we do on uh, Sunday nights. We spend time with the people, and I'll preach God's word as we drink a cup of coffee. Uh, you could skip this video as well. Uh, some specific people. I mentioned uh, the guy there to the top right, Kobe, the man I just talked about. The guy there in the middle, one of the men who's come often to the meetings as well, who expresses a lot of interest. He's not converted. Um, he, he has not repented of his sin. He wants to continue to follow his animistic view. He wants to continue to follow the way of the world and not repent. Uh, but he wants to hear the word. So this is one, another man you could pray for. There's many people we could talk about. Uh, there's you know, just some specific people that I mentioned here. Uh, next, please. All right, so partnership. And I want to finish up here. First, I want to thank you as a church for your partnership. Because of your partnership, financial giving and prayer and correspondence, it's been a great help. It's been a blessing to us to do this work. And so we thank you publicly for that. Next uh, slide, please. Uh, you can just flip through these here. We had the house completed. That was one of our main projects. Next slide. Uh, getting the boat and the motor uh, so that we could travel around. Before, we were relying on other people's boats and motors, which made it very difficult. We were able to raise the money to get our own boat, to get our own motor so we could travel and do all the work I've been talking about. And so that was a project we got done. I could uh, go to the next one and then skip this video. I, in the back there, we got a prayer card. So you could grab a prayer card, go to the website, and you can watch the videos here. But just for sake of time, I'm skipping them. Uh, ongoing projects, if you want to help with any ongoing projects. You know, people always ask, what's going on? What are the projects you've got going on? The flights that I mentioned, traveling back and forth from the Mission Compound, we do that a few times a year. And then also buying the fuel to do the evangelism with our boat. Those are two ongoing projects. You can check them out on the internet. Uh, next, please. Uh, the visas you saw, we're renewing them. And then this quote here from uh, William Carey, okay, the father of modern missions. He said, I'll go to India. I'll do missions work. But you have to hold the ropes. Right? There's no such thing as an individual missionary just going by himself, doing his own thing. Right? We, we do this collectively corporately together as the people of God. And again, we thank you for your church's partnership. You're holding the ropes as we're going over there to do the work. And so all of us can be part of this work together. Uh, so thank you. Next. And then prayer points. Uh, the ones I've listed here focusing specifically on the work of the gospel, preaching, salvation. But go to the website too. There are some other prayer points there um, if you're interested. And hopefully you're um, being faithful to pray for this work and for what's going on over there in New Guinea. But you can check out the website for some more. Next. Uh, the mission supply packages. I mentioned that earlier regarding Melissa and her medical work and things. You can go to the website if you're interested about that as well. Next. And then joining us on the field. We're praying that the Lord would raise up others to be part of this work. Uh, the last slide you can go to, that's our website. Uh, so, you know, I gave a, gave a report. I gave a presentation of our work. Uh, what we've been doing, especially these past three years, all the prayers that the Lord has answered. Our foot is in the door. You know, that's one of the most difficult things to do, is to begin a pioneer work and to get your foot in the door. And the Lord's answered that prayer. 
And so we're very excited. We're very thankful for what the Lord has done. I hope you are as well. Uh, please continue to correspond with us. You can send us an email. Everything's on the website pretty much. So if you have any questions, you want to look up anything, go to the website, uh, grab a prayer card there in the back. It has it on. Uh, we'll be here for lunch. If you have any questions, we'll be happy to answer. Uh, but thank you for this opportunity to come.